Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you are invited to call in with your questions or your prayer requests at that number that was just given to you. You are listening to Calvary Live. Welcome, everyone, to today's edition of the program. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, and I'm your host for today. As you do, call in at 303-690-3000 to ask your questions and give your prayer requests. I pray that you would consider doing that. I pray that you're doing well, and we're looking forward to today's program to see what the Lord has for us and what a blessing it is. For us to gather together is perhaps uh, you're at home. Maybe you got the day off on this uh, holiday Monday as we celebrate Martin Luther King Jr. Day. You are listening live. Those of you on Grace FM and perhaps as you're online or listening to uh, the web uh, site uh, as uh, Grace FM uh, is going across all around the country, we want to welcome all of you as you do that. So, um, we are here to answer your questions and to take your prayers. Again, the call-in number is 303-690-3000. And so I'd love to have you call in and ask that question or give that prayer request. And uh, we do want to welcome all of you listening on Grace FM along the Front Range, in Colorado and up in the southern Wyoming. also want to welcome all of you listening, perhaps on the East Coast, on Hope or Truth FM. As you're listening on the radio station, you are a week delayed, but you can call in today at 303-690-3000, and then you get to uh, listen to the broadcast next week. And also the online listeners, we have online listeners from all over the country, I see, uh, from Washington down to Florida, uh, from the Northeast down to Southern California. We want to welcome you as you're listening in uh, from uh, the four corners of the country and even people that are tuned in as they're on the uh, website of Grace FM from South Africa and South Korea. We welcome you. Technology connects us together. And what a blessing in the day and age in which we are in. We were just considering that uh, once again this weekend as we have more people coming to in-person services uh, more and more, but people still can listen online, and that's such a tremendous blessing uh, to be able to have that technology. So the call-in number is 303-690-3000, and love to have you call in and ask your questions. Maybe you're at home this holiday uh, relaxing. Maybe uh, you're out and about doing some things. Maybe you are in traffic in the metro area of Denver, or uh, maybe perhaps you're just uh, somewhere else at work finishing up. If you are working today or with the kids, we'd love for you to call us and uh, love to hear from you. There is another means for you to be able to uh, ask a question or to uh, give a prayer request, and that's through a dedicated text line. And that number is different. That is 720 336-0897, 
I'll repeat those two numbers throughout the program. I would encourage you to, uh, if you haven't done this, the mobile app for Grace FM on your uh, phones or on your tablets to download it, very easy to do, or uh, get the website and uh, get those two numbers in your contacts as you listen to Calvary Live. It's a blessing to have this program. It's really your program. It's it's our program to be able to come together and uh, for a live show to be able to uh, just talk about the things of the Lord, go to the Word of the Lord, um, be exalted in the Lord uh, in every way. And so we want to invite you to call in uh, 303-690-3000. And welcome all who are listening here today. As I mentioned to you, those of you listening on Grace FM or online, uh, that this is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And I was looking at uh, a few quotes of his uh, as we celebrate uh, his uh, great work that he did in this nation. And uh, if you're listening on Grace FM, uh, I was listening to the end of my radio program, Under the Fig Tree, that comes on at 3.30, also on 8.30, on weekdays in the morning, 8.30 a.m. under the fig tree, and then 3.30. But I'm going through the Psalms on the radio program, and one of the things, comments that I made at the end of the program today, if you were listening before Calvary Live, was that David was one that always desired to do what was right and how important it is for us to do what is right uh, in the eyes of the Lord and uh, in the sight of the Lord. And we always want to respond in that way. And we had one of our leaders uh, in uh, the Congress that quoted one of Martin Luther King Jr.'s quotes, and that is, the time is always right to do what is right, and I like that. And he always said um, some things that um, really are, are, are good things to consider. He also quoted and said that darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. And hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. And that is so true, that we as Christians, as we are commanded in God's Word by Jesus himself, and John would reiterate it in uh, his first epistle, and Paul as well in his writings, that we are to love one another, and we are to to love, uh, Jesus said, just as I have loved you. And so the mark of a Christian is to love others and to show the love of Jesus Christ. And also, as we enter into this week, not only are we into uh, a, a holiday where we remember uh, the great works of Martin Luther King Jr., but also we're going to see a transition of power. And you guys know me, if you, you come to church here or on the radio program, we don't talk a lot of politics, but I do want to remind us uh, as Christians that we are to pray for those in authority. And I think that's a good reminder is we're going to see a transition of power this week. It is going to happen. And God is the one that sets those in authority. And I really believe that for his purposes. And just as our former president uh, was put into power, I believe the Lord put him there for his purposes. It's going to be true as we have a new president that's going to be sworn in. But I want to remind you of what Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 2, that therefore I exhort, first of all, that supplication, prayers, and intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth." So we talk about doing what is right, and it's it's always um, 
you know, um, uh, right. The time is always right to do what is right. And here we're told what is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, and that is we are to pray for all men, for kings and those who are in authority, not just for the ones that we agree with or we voted for, but we are to pray for our president. We are to pray for those in authority because God's desire is that all men should come to the saving knowledge of the truth. And we can be a voice of truth. We are to stand for righteousness. We have a voice in our country, of course, but we are to also pray. And that's just a, a simple reminder for us as Christians as we move forward in this year, 2021, as we have a, a, a new administration and uh, new leaders, we are to be praying for our nation and uh, we are to uh, do what is right. And it's always the right time to do what is right. And it is so true. So let's pray. Father, we do ask that as we um, consider this on this Martin Luther King Jr. Day, uh, the, the, the work that he did, that uh, Lord, we're thankful um, uh, that uh, we as Christians, we know what your word has to say um, about um, how all men were created equal in your sight. And um, you sent your son to die for all of us, every single one of us. The foot of the cross is flat uh, for all people's nations, tongues, and and uh, kindreds. And Lord, uh, we can give that voice of truth given the gospel and your love to others and to love others as you have commanded us to do that. But Lord, I also want to pray for a new president that's going to be sworn in. Lord, we just pray that um, there would be uh, a looking to you and truly a turning to you. We pray that um, our leaders would acknowledge our need for you, um, especially in the time that we see so much division and so much upheaval. We are a nation that has, in so many ways, declined spiritually, morally. And Lord, uh, we just pray for leaders that are in Washington and in our own state, that there be an acknowledgement of you. There be those who are Christians that really would be a a voice of truth, um, to be a witness and a light and, Lord, that uh, we pray for revival, spiritual awakening in our land, uh, that uh, we need you. We need your help in every way. So, Lord, we just commit these things to you. Uh, we, we pray that um, as your desire is uh, that all men would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, that that truth would go forth and that we as Christians would be that voice of truth. And so, Lord, we just commit these things to you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, we got all open lines. Give me a call. The number to call is 303-690-3000. The text line is 720-336-0897. I want to remind you that the text line uh, is a 24-7 prayer line, so you can text in anywhere in the country. That number, text in a prayer request, and there'll be those who will be praying for you as they look at those uh, prayer request, but during this hour, hey, send a text. Uh, give me a call. Love to talk to you. Love to converse with you on on this day uh, as we have some time that is together, and um, and that we would just continue to look at God's word to just instruct us and to guide us in every way. Uh, one of the questions that came in on the text. Let's start with that while we're waiting for the calls to come in. Um, is that why is the United States not mentioned in end-time prophecy 
that's a good question. That's a question that I get asked oftentimes, and we don't know why the United States is not mentioned. There could be uh, different reasons. We do know that a lot of the Western Hemisphere, those nations, aren't mentioned, and that includes the United States. We do know that this revived Roman Empire is going to play a big part in the end times, that that seems to be one of the main um, influences in the end times as the Antichrist is going to come out of the revived Roman Empire. Daniel is very, very specific about that in his prophecies and his visions. Uh, Could it be that somehow that the United States is kind of included in that in some way? We don't know for sure. Uh, We know that the emphasis is on Israel. Uh, Israel is going to be the epicenter of end-time prophecy. We know the kings of the East are mentioned. We know that end-time prophecy that we see, for example, in Ezekiel 38 and 39, that different nations are mentioned, such as Russia. There's a reference uh, to Iran, to Turkey, uh, some of the African nations that are there in that prophecy. But it seems to be silent concerning the United States. There's no specific prophecy that is given. Uh, There may be a uh, vague reference in Ezekiel 38 when that uh, battle takes place in the latter days, which hasn't taken place, um, that uh, Tarshish and the young lines of, of Tarshish uh, are going to be protesting. Maybe that perhaps is a reference to the United States protesting, but there's nothing really said about our nation, and it, it does concern me in some ways, but we don't know why. And so... Um, Some people ask, is the United States going to exist in the tribulation period? We don't know exactly when the tribulation period is going to happen. I believe it will take place after the rapture of the church. I believe that we are in the last days, but we don't know the exact timing of when it's going to take place. And uh, also, uh, I want to just let you know that there could be different reasons. It could be that the United States declines in power, It could be that um, after the rapture of the church that uh, Christians, I pray that this happens, that there's a spiritual awakening in these last days, and many uh, are going to be gone in the rapture of the church, and so we're going to decline in power in that way. Or is it because we're going to decline because of our rebelling against the Lord and spiritual decay? We just decay, so we just don't know. But it does remind us that we are to be praying, and and a nation is not mentioned in the Scripture the United States, really, that I can see in the last days for various reasons. So good question. Keep those text questions coming. We got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000 is the number to call, and uh love for you to call in and ask your questions and give your prayer requests. Let's go to Phil in Aurora. Hi, Phil. Hi, Pastor. Um, how are you? Not bad. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Um, so my question was um, in reference to uh, if it was predicted in the Old Testament the date when Jesus was would be born. Um, I've I've heard things of, like from Ezekiel. I'm not sure where it was talking about like 77s, and yeah. um, and so anyway, it's always been something that's a little bit confusing to me, and so um, I just I called try to get a little clarification on that. Yeah, it's a good question, because there's a prophecy, it's actually in Daniel chapter 9, uh, Phil, and it's, the last four verses are 
incredible, this incredible prophecy that's given to Daniel. And I think that the prophecy is also very important to understand when it comes to end-time prophecy concerning Jesus' second coming. But Daniel, he's praying. It's towards the end of the 70 years of captivity. Uh, we, we know that uh, Daniel, he's reading the prophecies of Jeremiah. When you go through the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah says that the captivity is going to last 70 years. There was those false teachers that were on the scene during Jeremiah's times, because Jeremiah's in Jerusalem. He's prophesying uh, when the captivity began. Ezekiel is off into uh, Babylon, taken in his second deportation, and, and then Daniel was taken in the first deportation when Nebuchadnezzar came into Jerusalem. And he's there in the palace of Nebuchadnezzar. Here in Daniel chapter 9 is towards the end of the 70 years of captivity. Uh, he's reading Jeremiah's prophecy. He, he specifically mentions that. So he's praying for the nation. And the angel Gabriel shows up to him and says that I come to give you understanding and um, uh, to understand uh, the 70 weeks of, of Daniel that is called that prophecy, not just 70 years, Daniel, but 70 weeks. And that term weeks that we read is, is a period of 70 years. So he says, Daniel, 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city. So keep in mind that during that time that the first temple, Solomon's temple, had been destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians in 586 B.C. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar came in, leveled Jerusalem, leveled the magnificent temple Solomon built, and as Daniel is receiving this prophecy, probably around 539 B.C. in that time frame, that we see that... um, the angel Gabriel says, for your people, Daniel, and for your holy city are 70 weeks or 70 periods of seven years or 490 years are determined for your people. And this is the prophecy that you are asking about. He said, therefore, understand that the going forth of the command to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublesome time. So this is the amazing prophecy, that understand that the time when the command comes forth to rebuild and restore Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there's going to be a period of 69 weeks, 7 and 62 weeks, that's 69 weeks, 483 years, or 173,880 days, I believe it comes out to when you use a calendar 360 days. That was the Jewish calendar back then. So what the prophecy is saying is that when the command comes out to rebuild and restore Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince comes, it's going to be 173,880 days. So is there a time in the Bible where the command came out to rebuild and restore Jerusalem? This is towards the end of the 70 years of captivity. Cyrus the king is going to give the command for the Jews to go back and build the temple in Jerusalem. So just under 50,000, as you read the book of Ezra, would go back. They would lay the foundation of the temple. Eventually, they would finish the temple. But that's not the command to rebuild and restore Jerusalem. When you go to the book of Nehemiah in chapter 2, Nehemiah is the cupbearer to uh, Artaxerxes, and and 
he noticed the king that, hey, why are you so sad, Nehemiah? And he said, because my city, Jerusalem, the city of my fathers, lays in ruin. So he asked, can he go back and rebuild the wall around Jerusalem in the streets to restore the city? So the command was given during that time. And in that, in Nehemiah chapter 2, that we see, and I'll try to pull it up here very quickly, uh, in those historical books, and this is where it gets fascinating, um, that it that it came to pass in the month of Nisan in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes. This is when all this is happening. So the command came out, you know, um, it was the king, Artaxerxes, who said, Nehemiah, you can go back. You can rebuild the streets. You can rebuild the wall around Jerusalem. It happened in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, in the month of Nisan. Now, when a day's not given, it's always the first day. So it's interesting. So the time of Nehemiah chapter 2, 173,880 days is going to take place until coming of Messiah the Prince. So is there a date that we can um, come up with uh, in Nehemiah chapter 2? Well, the British Royal Observatory came up with the date. They came up with the date, I believe, of March 14, 445 B.C., when that command came out to rebuild and restore Jerusalem. And um, Peter Stoner, in his book, um, Science Speaks, that he was a mathematician. He did the calculations, and the British Royal Observatory did the calculations. So from March 14, 445 B.C., until the coming of Messiah the Prince, if you count 173,880 days, you know what you come up with? You come up with April 6, 32 AD. And what happened on April 6, 32 AD? Jesus got on a donkey. He rode into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. <clears throat> it was the first time that he accepted public worship. And in Luke's gospel, his narrative of the triumphal entry the religious leaders, as the people are crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, that they would say, tell your, your disciples to be quiet. This is blasphemy. They're, they're hailing him as Messiah, as king. And, and Jesus said if they should keep quiet, the very rocks would cry out. We also know that Jesus, weeping over Jerusalem, he would say that the days are going to come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you and surround you and close you on every side, uh, and level you and your children. He's talking about what's going to happen in 70 AD, because you did not know the time of your visitation. That's interesting. You didn't know the time of your visitation. Jesus is the only one that can claim to be Messiah, because he came exactly 173,880 days after the command to rebuild and restore Jerusalem. So that was fulfilled to the letter when Jesus rode into Jerusalem. So it's an amazing prophecy. Yeah, it really is. And I was just, yeah, trying to uh, just get a little bit more clarity on that. Um, (laughs) Well, I probably, probably gave you a lot there to chew on, (laughs) but here's the thing. Here's the important thing to remember that the prophecy doesn't end. 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city. After 69 weeks, Messiah is going to come, and then the prophecy says Messiah will be cut off. That is, he's going to be put to death. There's still a seven-year period that will make 
the 70th week, that God's going to be dealing with Israel and God's holy city. And this is where it's really, really important um, to understand, Phil, because there's a seven-year period that he's going to be focusing on Israel once again, and that's called the tribulation period. And it begins, according to Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, when he makes a covenant with many, that is, he makes a covenant with Israel or confirms a covenant, it will be a peace treaty that probably is going to enable them to rebuild their temple. That would be the third temple called the Tribulation Temple. And um, he uh, will then uh, bring, um, you know, he'll desecrate the temple in the middle of the week as and then comes the sacrifice and offering. So it's an incredible prophecy, an important prophecy, um, and I believe that's one of the reasons why the wise men from the East, they were looking, they they knew the prophecies of Daniel, speaking of coming to Messiah the Prince. And and I think that's why they were looking for that star. They were looking for a sign, because they knew that it was coming upon them very, very quickly. Okay, excellent. Is, is there any way um, I could get, like, all that, the math there, because um, I was tracking a lot of it, but this part of it... So yeah, it's, kinda... it's overwhelming. Um, there is Peter Stoner's book, and um, and look that up, and then um, uh, I think it's it's called Science Speaks. And then also there is, um, um, there is a website, JewsForJesus.org, the top 40 Messianic prophecies. I think that will be helpful to you. And um, and then also, you know, even like, uh, um, you know, there's some uh, apologetic books that speak about it. Josh, um, uh, why I'm drawing a blank all of a sudden. Um, McDowell. Evidence that the, yeah, McDowell, thank you. <laughs> and uh, evidence that demands a verdict. He goes over that prophecy and the math on it as well. And that's where I first read about it. Excellent. Okay, well, thank you very much. Okay, Case, case for Christ, Lee Strobel is another one. Okay, excellent. All right, thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Hey, thank you. Bye. You bet. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And, uh, you know, that that is an amazing prophecy, Daniel chapter 9. I think it's one of the most amazing prophecies in all of the Bible. And there are those who come along and say, well, I'm the Messiah. And Jesus said that in the last days that there would be false messiahs that would come on the scene. And uh, many saying, uh, here I am. He said, don't go after them. And whenever anybody claims to be, you know, the the Messiah or you know, I've come on the scene, or I'm Jesus. It's like, did you come 173,880 days after the decree was made to rebuild and restore Jerusalem? I don't think so. There's only one person in all of history that could claim that, and that is Jesus, who came into Jerusalem uh, on that day as the people called out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And uh, he came on that day, and he said he should have known the day of his visitation. And he rebuked the religious leaders because you can discern the weather, but not discern the coming of the Son of Man. And I believe that we need to be discerning in the days in which we are in. It's so important, Christians, that we are, because we are in days that are very unique. We are here for such a time as this to be able to tell people that the Lord's coming back soon. We don't know the day or the hour, 
but we can know the seasons and the times that we're in. And uh, he wants us to keep watching. He wants us to keep our eyes on him. It's very important for us to do that. As we are studying the book of Ezekiel on Wednesday nights, you can uh, get online, 7 o'clock, calvarychapelgreeley.org, and we're going to talk about the watchman on the wall and how we are told over and over again in the New Testament to be watchful. Jesus said, be watchful. Uh, Watch and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to stand before the Son of Man and escape these things, escape the things that he talked about, the tribulation. And so you hear the music. We got all open lines. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. Call in, text 720-336-0897. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. This is Jeff Biggs of Calvary Greeley with you on this afternoon and, and looking forward to what the Lord has for us as we continue in the program in the second half. And uh, so we got an open line, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And then the text line is 720-336-0897. Just a quick announcement, as I mentioned right before the break, that on Wednesday we've started a study in the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel is an amazing book. And so we invite you to listen online at calvarychapelgreeley.org or our Facebook Live, Calvary Chapel Greeley and We're going to be talking about the watchmen on the wall. And you and I as Christians, we are called to be watchmen. We are to uh, sound the alarm. We are to give truth. It's an important ministry that we have. Ezekiel was told, you're to speak to this people. And, And so that watchman had a very important ministry. And I pray for all of us that we are watchmen, that we are watchmen, watch women on the wall, that we are a voice of truth for the people around us, our children, uh, those that are linked to us in our lives. So you want to uh, listen to that study, Ezekiel, on Wednesdays, and then on Sundays, in person and online, three services, 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock. And uh, we're going through Matthew's Gospels, incredible study. Uh, join us if you can. We're easy to find. Check us out on our website, calvarychapelgreeley.org. We have a mobile app as well. You can download uh, on that is the e-bulletin that gives you all the information as uh, we have young adults that meet college age on Friday nights at 7 o'clock. Those of you that as school has started up here in Greeley at UNC and Ames Community College, uh, come on out. Uh, come join those young adults uh, on Fridays at 7 o'clock. We have youth groups. We have lady studies and men's studies starting up here soon in just a week or two. And uh, we're excited about what the Lord is doing as we've been gathering together, maneuvering through all this uh, time of the COVID, and uh, the Lord is blessing. And I believe people are really, really hungry. So I just wanted to give that announcement. It's such a privilege to minister in these days in which we are in. And and uh, and just being able to be on Grace FM here with our radio program is such a delight. So check us out, calvarychapelgreeley.org, for all the information, and um, and come join us. Love to meet you if you have opportunity to do that. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. we got an open line, but let's go to Chris in Fort Collins. Hi, Chris. 
Hi. Uh, I was wondering if you could um, talk about the marriage supper of the Lamb and when that would be, and if you have any teachings on that. Well, what I see in that is, um, and there's a couple different thoughts, and the general thought was that um, when we are raptured, that then we will be at the marriage feast of the Lamb. And, uh, you know, seven years um, uh, of being with the Lord, having dinner with Him while uh, things are taking place on the earth. Um, I do see in Revelation chapter 19, let us be glad and rejoice, as chapter 19 uh, is the one that, uh, the chapter that talks about the second coming of Jesus Christ. This is the end of the tribulation period. And, um, and he said uh, to me, right, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. So some believe that it's going to take place, even as Jesus said when in that upper room, um, when he gave communion and gave, um, you know, uh, take this bread and, and drink of this wine, uh, for I won't uh, eat with you again until, you know, uh, as he says, um, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And so some believe that it will take place here on the earth after Jesus comes back. Then we'll be at the marriage feast of the Lamb. So there's a couple different uh, thoughts on that. And um, so uh, it seems to indicate that at the end of the tribulation period, that that's when the marriage feast of the Lamb is going to take place, the supper. Uh, is it going to take place in heaven? Is it going to take place on earth? So that's where the debate comes in. And, you know, I, I, I haven't done a, a super hard study on it, but I do know that we're going to be eating dinner with the Lord again, as he said. Um, and I can't wait till that happens. So is anything um, covered in the Bible about what will be happening uh, during this in heaven during the seven years tribulation here on earth? Well, there's there's a few things. There's like the voice of the martyrs that are saying, "How long will you avenge our blood?" We do we do know that. We know that there's some scenes that take place in the tribulation period. Of, for example, there's a silence in heaven for about a half an hour. The angels are holding back the four winds of heaven. Um, there's thunders. There's voices from heaven. There's different glimpses that are there, and also. We do see in Revelation chapter 5 that there is a great multitude that is standing before the throne of God. Chapter 4, John's caught up in heaven. He describes uh, what's around the throne of God, the noises from the throne of God, the four living creatures, the 24 elders. And then in chapter 5, there's a multitude that is singing this new song. And you have redeemed us by your blood out of every tribe, tongues, people, and nation. And I believe that's the song of the church. That's us. So I always encourage people, look at Revelation chapter 5, get to know the words of those songs, because that's going to be us singing that. And, you know, when we start singing, you want to jump right in, right? Um, Mm. Jump right in and be able to sing those words that are given to us. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain, slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe, tongues, people, and nation. You've made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. That's the church, I believe, because we're from every tribe, tongues, people, and nation. We've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's not the song of angels. That comes later. 
and it's not the song of Israel. It's the song of the church, and that's why I believe that we will be one of the reasons why we are going to be uh, raptured before the tribulation, because then when you go to chapter 6, you see that it speaks of through chapter 19, that seven-year period called the tribulation period. But you see these glimpses of things, you know, the... the um, you know the 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 cry of the uh, martyrs. You see the angels standing up. You know the seals that are open up, and then the trumpets blown by the angels, and then the angels pouring out their bold judgments. So you get different glimpses. What we are going to be doing, uh, I'm not sure during those seven years, uh, but I do know this that we are going to come back with him in the second coming of Jesus Christ. And uh, we are going to be in that time worshiping him. And the marriage feast of the Lamb, um, is it going to be taking place during that time, or are we going to be eating here? Um, which I think seems to give indication to me that we'll be doing it here on this earth with the Lord when he comes back. So um, whatever it's going to be, it's going to be glorious. Yep, sounds good. Yeah, so, you know, it's a good study. I'll have to look at that more closely and and look at that more closely. But we are going to be at the Marriage Feast of the Lamb, and uh, I can't wait till we're all together. You, you know, uh, Chris, I'm looking so forward to that, um, to go home and be with him, and then we're going to rule and reign with him uh, in the millennium and forever and ever. we got such a glorious future, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be wonderful. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. You bet. A303-690-3000 is the call-in number, text line 720-336-0897. Love for you to call in or text me a question or a prayer request. Let's go to um, let's go to Rano in Denver. I don't, if, did I say that right, Rano? Oh, yes. How Hello. are you? Uh, yeah, you're, on, you. you're on Calvary oh, Live. Taking, I'm good. Thank you Good. for taking my call, and uh, I have a couple of questions to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I once uh, answered to an altar call, and uh, I got saved. And uh, since that day, though I find myself sometimes making mistakes, going to sin, and uh, repenting, repenting for the sin. But uh, it came a day that someone uh, came and told me that uh, whenever you answer to an altar call to get saved, uh, you have to receive the Holy Spirit. So I kind of struggle with that. Is it uh, because if I is I it's like he was referring to the Act nineteen two the way. Paul was, uh, he asked those uh, disciples that he met in uh, when he was going to, when he had come from Corinth and uh, came to Ephesus, that did you receive the Holy Spirit? So my question is, is it whenever you answer to an altar call, is it a must you receive the Holy Spirit by then? Yeah, and here's um, where, and some people see it a little bit different, but I'll try to answer this the best that I know how. 
we we come to Christ by faith, whether that's an altar call call or not. We don't have to keep getting saved over and over and over again. Um, some people, you know, you give an altar call, they feel like they have to come up and, and get resaved. Once we come to Christ, we're a new creature in Christ. We're born again by the Spirit of God. Jesus said to Nicodemus that you must be born again, Nicodemus. Um, and as we come to Christ, he has made us alive, we're forgiven of sin, and the Holy Spirit comes in us. It was Jesus that then told his disciples that you wait in Jerusalem for the for the promise of the Father, for the coming upon of the Holy Spirit to give you the power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And the Holy Spirit came upon them. So the Holy Spirit is in us as we become believers. That's one of the mysteries that Paul wrote about, that Christ dwells in our hearts. The Holy Spirit dwells in our hearts. That's an incredible truth that we have in the Scriptures. But then there's um, an empowering, an epi, that's in the Greek, coming upon of the Holy Spirit. Some call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the filling of the Holy Spirit. And that took place on the day of Pentecost. And so in the book of Acts, you see that there was the filling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism, the coming upon of the Holy Spirit. So in Ephesus, as you read there in the book of Acts, he's asking them, have you received the Holy Spirit? They were, I believe, i got to look at it, um, as we look at, I believe, Acts chapter 19 is where it is. Um, he says, then what were you baptized? So they said in John's baptism. John the Baptist, his baptism was a baptism of repentance. And so Paul gives them the further revelation that, you know, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And so they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Paul laid hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came upon them, that is the epi, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So there's the coming upon of the Holy Spirit. Now, the purpose of the coming on of the Holy Spirit is given to us in Acts chapter 2, or Acts chapter 1, I believe, and that is so we will be his witness, Tim Powers, the deutomus, Um it's not just to, so we speak in tongues. That's not evidence of the coming upon of the Holy Spirit. It can be one of the evidence, but there are those who teach that you haven't received the Holy Spirit unless you speak in tongues. Speaking in tongues is a gift, but we also know that Paul writes in Corinthians that he gives those gifts according to his will, as as he wills, and not everyone speaks in tongues. But the coming upon of the Holy Spirit is to empower us to live for him. Jesus would say that if a, a, a child asks their father for bread, the, the father's not going to give him a stone. And, and how much more our Heavenly Father, who is good, will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. So I simply believe as we go to the Lord and we just ask in faith, Lord, I am saved, I belong to you, but I just pray that you would just empower me, that the Holy Spirit would come upon me, whether you want to call it the filling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just to come upon me so I can have the power to be your witness, to live a life for you, to to please you in my life. And that's how I see it, the empowering of the Holy Spirit, just ask by faith. And um, Jesus said that the Father will give to those who ask, 
uh, for the Holy Spirit. And, um, and that's how I read it. So the Holy Spirit is in us. And sometimes people say, well, what do you mean the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Don't I have the, the Holy Spirit? Yes, you have the Holy Spirit. But there's that epi, that empowering the Holy Spirit. And, and when I saw that, I just prayed, Lord, I need the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Um, I just need the empowering of the Holy Spirit so I can live a life for you and serve you in however you want me to. So hopefully that helps. But, you know, you come forward in an altar call. Here's the thing that Romans says, that if uh-huh. you, you know, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised them from the dead, you will be saved. And it, as you believe in your heart, you don't have to go forward in an altar call. That's just one of the ways that people will come publicly to declare that I've come to Christ. And I think that's a good thing. We give opportunity for people to come to Christ all the time in our services because I don't want people to think that just because they came to church or listened to a Bible study that they got saved. Um, But I may not have them come forward. I may not have them raise their hand. It's a response of your heart. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins and rose again and you repent and turn to him and call out to him, he will honor that, and he hears that. And then you belong to the kingdom of God, and you, you know, your sins are forgiven, and you have right relationship with the Father and the promise of eternal life. Does that answer your question? Yeah, that answers my question. And I thank you for that, and uh, all the pastors that put together this uh, program to reach some of us. Yeah, and, uh, praise God. Thank you for that. Uh, you bet, and thank mm-hmm. you for calling. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Bye. Jesus, you know, he's the one that saves, and, you know, it's a hard issue. Sometimes people say, well, just saying a prayer doesn't save you. Well, saying a prayer, it should be coming from your heart. You believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth. And, you know, one of the things that we see Jesus, we've talked about in Matthew's Gospel, is out of the mouth shows the abundance of the heart. And it's just confessing what is in your heart. And he deals with the heart, and that's what we're going to talk about on Sunday. He says, you know, out of, you know, the scripture says, uh, out of the heart sh- comes the issues of life. And if you ha- have a heart for the Lord, he sees that heart. And uh, he gives us a new heart, and we have a new beginning. And it's so wonderful as we come to Christ. 303-690-3000 is the number to call for the call in. The text is 720-336-0897. We are going to go to the text line. You know, the Marriage Feast of the Lamb, just doing a little bit of a reading, and uh, one reference is, um, but, you know, uh, Understanding End Times, Paul Benware, who uh, I have some of his books, but I used them when I taught a New and Old Testament uh, survey class in high school, uh, very good scholar, is um, that we will be celebrating the marriage supper uh, in heaven between the rapture and the second coming, that is, during the tribulation. So um, that is one of the thoughts that is there, and um, and it's just going to be glorious uh, as we do that. Um, let's go to the text. Let's see where we're at. And um, somebody was asking whether they should take the COVID vaccine. I know that that is one of the questions that people are asking. Um, I think that 
people are some Christians are asking because of all the conspiracies and talk about you know that um, it's the mark of the beast or uh, you know it changes your DNA. Listen, uh, be careful what you read. First of all, it's not the mark of the beast. I can tell you that we're not in the tribulation period, folks. There are those who have even said wearing the mask is the mark of the beast. Um, read your Bibles. Keep everything in context. We are not in the tribulation period. The Antichrist is not on the scene, so um, we don't have to worry about that. But talk to your doctor. I'm not a doctor. And ask them questions, and uh, as you do, get the answers that you need. And I believe that uh, you would... Um, you know, you're going to be able to pray about it and he'll give you a piece that rules in your heart. So, but just be careful to, you know, the information you read and the sources that are out there. We want to be educated on it, but I can tell you this, you're not taking a mark of the beast. That's just, just uh, nonsense. And, and, um, and uh, the Antichrist is not on scene. We're not in the day of the Lord. And uh, we're to be looking for Jesus Christ, not for Antichrist. Uh, let's go to Adrian in Lakewood. Hi, Adrian. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. That's good. So I um I just had a prayer request. Um, I kind of feel like I've been drifting. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I used to be in church faithfully every Sunday. If I could come Saturday, even though I know they would be repeating the same thing Sunday, I would still come. Wednesdays I was there, and like. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know because it couldn't be the company I keep because I don't really go anywhere but to work and to the store and probably to drop my kids off at school. My mom recently moved in with me, and I don't know if she's she believes in God, you know, and she wants to try to do the right thing, but I I don't think, like, we're, um, I guess we're seeing eye to eye. I don't want to point any fingers or anything like that either, you know, because I love mm-hmm. my mom to death. But, um I do feel like since uh, she has came that I've uh, watched, I watch certain things that I normally wouldn't watch. I listen to certain stuff that I probably normally wouldn't listen to, and I don't know if that's. I think I've drifted. I was drifting before that though, so I just want to have prayer for um, the God again. And um, absolutely, Adrian. Yeah, because I feel like my tank is like empty now. You know, and once upon a time it was full. And so right. I want to get back to where I was. Good. And and I'll be happy to pray with you. Just a couple uh, things that I want to encourage you in. Yeah. You know, the, the book of Hebrews, um, the, the author of Hebrews, whether that was Paul the Apostle <laughs> or uh, we think it was probably Paul, um, he would give the warning about them drifting. Uh, mm-hmm. He was writing to Christians that, were excited in the Lord, and all of a sudden they begin to drift away from the truth. And it's easy to do. Uh, guys that like to go out fishing on a fishing boat, all of a sudden they can drift and begin to drift away from where they were or, you know, out on the ocean. And drifting is something that happens very subtly that can happen to any Christian. We go to church, we are excited. Uh, pretty soon we're not going, we make excuses. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's not as important. It's not a priority. We're busy with life. And just like you said, you go to work, you go to the store. And uh, a lot of people that are listening right now, that's the life that they have. And um, But the writer of Hebrews also says, 
Don't forsake the assembly of ourselves together, as is the matter of some, especially as you see the day approaching. So the commandment is given to us, don't forsake the assembly of ourselves together. The church is really, really important. And it isn't that if you don't go to church that the Lord loves you less or you lose your salvation. That That's not the case. But God set up the church so we can be benefited and encouraged and strengthened. You know, one of the things that I've said, Adrian, on this show is um, we, uh, you know, I love the outdoors. And one of the things I would do with my kids, um, they're all adults now, so it's a little bit harder, but when they were younger, we used to go up to Yellowstone um, National Park, and we loved to watch the wolves up there. And one of the tactics of the wolves was when they would, you know, go after a herd of elk or whatever, that they would get the one that would drift away. They would get the one that was straggling or isolated, and that was a tactic. And the enemy, when we begin to drift away, it's a lot easier for him to beat us up and to get a foothold into our lives. There's strength in numbers, and there's, there's benefit and blessing in being in the church. You're going to be fed, to be edified. You get to use your gifts. You have people praying for you. We need the church so much today, Adrian. It is so important. And I just want to encourage you, you know, the church that you are at, or find a church where you're being fed, where you have fellowship, where you're being encouraged and blessed, and and you're going to see that excitement for the Lord and, you know, um, just the joy of the Lord coming back into your heart. So, Father, I pray for Adrienne. I just pray that she be in the Word more, get back to where she was. I thank you for her call and her honesty. And, Lord, that uh, she would be in a place where she can uh, be encouraged and edified and uh, make some good Christian friends and, Lord, that um, she would be in the fellowship that you tell us not to forsake. Um, and, Lord, that you would just speak to her heart about that. And, and Lord, that uh, you would bless her as she does proceed in just reading her Bible and being fed and being with a group of fellow uh, believers in fellowship. And I just pray that you would help her to do that and move forward in that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can I ask you another question before we get off? Yes. Okay, so um, I want to ask, as far as fasting, is that something, I know that it's something I'm required to do, but should I be um, waiting on the Holy Spirit to to let me know when to fast, or should I just... Yeah, you know, if you're being led to to fast, Jesus said, when you fast, you know, Mm -hmm. and part of fasting is you deny the physical, you know, to focus on the spiritual. So fasting is something that you do to just seek the Lord and allow okay. the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And that may be a good thing. And just get quiet with the Lord. And fasting is not just from food. It may be you need to fast from social media, you know, fast from all the noise. There's different fasts. And um, and so, you know, you, you just get quiet before the Lord for a day, for a time. There's different ways to fast, but allowing the Lord to speak to you, and I believe he will. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You bet. Absolutely. God bless you, Adrian. Let's go to Christina very quickly before we end. Christina. Okay, Christina's gone. I do want to pray for her before we 
we end the show, but she just wanted prayer, and I'm going to pray for her. Lord, I just pray for her her need, and uh, she was in a very difficult relationship, and I just pray that you would just help her. Uh, she needs direction. She needs resources. She needs some counseling, perhaps, classes. She needs healing. Lord, I just pray that you would provide her with that. She find those resources, and Lord, that she would know uh, she can call her church. Um, she can um, get those resources, and uh, Lord, just work in her life. And uh, Lord, we just pray that um, she would just find the comfort she needs, the counseling she needs ultimately from you, but you put the people in her life that she needs right now and just uh, steer her in the right direction. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, thank you. We're towards the end of the show. We just got about a minute left. I want to thank you for those who've called in and uh, looking so forward to um, being with you again tomorrow at the same time. But the Lord bless you, and and um, we just uh, want to continue on this show to encourage you in the Word of God um, and encourage you in every way. So uh, tell your friends about Calvary Life uh, and Uh, Have them join in and be blessed. And we're going to continue to just be together in the afternoons and evenings, wherever you're listening on Calvary Life. Thank you so much. May the Lord bless you. Have a great evening in the Lord. And we'll talk to you tomorrow at the same time. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.